Well, hello, good morning. It is Thursday, January 12, 2023. Thursday, January 12, 2023. Slava Ukraine, Heroium Slava. Uh, PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, tell your friends to Google those four words, Political Views TV Podcast, and I'll show up right at the top of the search. And as usual, I really appreciate you. I, You know what? I, I I found from my uh, the report on my podcast that a lot of people just go back and listen to them. I, I, I mean, I find that kind of weird to listen to old news, but I, I guess I, I do point out uh, old um, uh, podcasts uh, about stuff that I've done before when I'm doing new stuff, but it, it always has something to do with what's going on right now, right? Anyway. Truly appreciate you. Very nice of you to come. Thank you, thank you. Uh, if you can, please bring someone with you uh, today or tomorrow. That would be awesome. And tweet to me questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C Y B E R C L O P S. <clears throat> so let's get uh, get to it right away with uh, Ukraine. Uh, Yevgeny Prigozhin, who, of course, we've done a lot of stories on him. Uh, head of the mercenary group, Wagner Group, and also head of um, the Trolls from Ogino. Uh, He's also, uh, by the way, close ally of Putin, says his forces have captured all of Solodar and killed about 500 Ukrainian soldiers in heavy fighting. Prigozhin said in a statement, I want to confirm the complete liberation and cleansing of territory of Solodar. The whole city is littered with the corpses of Ukrainian soldiers. You know, uh, he has to use strong language because he has to impress Putin. But using the word cleansing in there is kind of disturbing. You know what I mean? Anyway. Uh, Ukraine's Deputy Defense Minister, Hanner Myler, Mayar, uh, told a news briefing that the number of Russian military units in Ukraine had risen from, uh, excuse me, to 280 from 250 a week earlier. Uh, Malyar said, I've, I've pronounced it three different ways so far. Did you notice that? I'm trying to figure it out. Malyar said uh, uh, they, uh, meaning the Russians, are moving over their own corpses. Myler said the fighting for Solodar, which Wagner Group mercenaries have been fighting to take control of for weeks, Russia is driving its own people to the slaughter by the thousands, but we are holding on. So, I don't know, that's, that runs right into the face of what um, uh, Prigozhin has said, right? Uh, in, in this case, I might believe Prigozhin, but I, it's so hard to tell. It really is. Ukraine says it is holding on to Solodar as Russia com, uh, admits facing resistance in efforts to capture the eastern town. Donetsk Governor Pavlo Krylenko says it is impossible to evacuate 559 civilians who are left in Solodar, including 15 children as fighting rages. According to a report by Russian state-owned TASS news agency, a Russian-installed official in Ukraine's eastern Donetsk region has said pockets of resistance remain in the town of Solodar. TASS quoted Andrei 
Bavsky, a deputy of the parliament of the breakaway self-proclaimed Donetsk People Republic, as saying the western part of Soldar was now fully under the control of Russian forces as fighting for the rest of the town continued. <sighs> so confusing. Everybody's saying one thing and then another. Uh, Bavsky said at the moment in... Uh, at the moment, indeed, there are still separate small pockets of resistance in Soldar, but our guys continue to crush the enemy in these places. In general, the operation has developed successfully, and the western outskirts of Soldar are already completely under our control. Uh, exhausting, trying to figure this out. Uh, Chairman of the Russian Parliament, Defense Committee Andrei Kartapolov, said in an interview, Kartap... Carter Polov, Carter Polov, Carter Polov uh, said in an interview: Russia may raise the upper age limit for citizens to be conscripted as soon as this spring, as part of Moscow's plans to booster uh, 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 boost the number of Russian troops by thirty percent. Uh, Moscow could raise the upper age limit for conscription to thirty for this year's spring draft. Critics said the idea of transition period was a transparent attempt by Russian authorities to increase the number of Russians eligible to be called up for military service to plug massive manpower shortages resulting from heavy losses in the war in Ukraine. It's not going well. They're running out of arms. They're running out of men. Uh, and this little Ukraine is kicking butt. It's surprising how well they're doing. But I guess with the help of uh, all our, our equipment, it's been very good, right? Russia's foreign ministry says Moscow has imposed sanctions on 36 individuals in connection with the anti-Russian course adopted by the United Kingdom's government. The ministry said deliberately refusing constructive and, uh, constructive, and constructive dialogue London continues the line of confrontation and collaboration with Washington and spreads false information about Russia and incites Russophobia. They're always running this with this Russophobia thing, like it's a thing, right? We don't hate Russians. I, I, I've talked about the Russians that I know here. They're nice people. It's not Russophobia. It's Phobia of uh, people invading other countries. Sovereign countries. Anyway, now that I have your attention, let's move on. Let's try and fix the rest of the, rest of the world. I, I'm still feeling a little bit under the weather. It's almost gone. It's almost gone. I should be back to normal by uh, next Monday. I'm hoping. <clears throat> uh, Brazil has issued arrest warrants for a pair of government security officials focused attention on people accused of and fo and focused attention on people uh, accused of bankrolling Sunday's anti-democratic assault and asked a federal court in Brazil to freeze the assets of far-right former president Jair Bolsonaro who remains in Florida uh, escalating the crackdown on suspected participants in uh, and supporters of the January 8th coup attempt uh, and by the way, Bolsonaro, I think he just had surgery on something, doing something. I don't know what it was. 
Anyway, the New York Times reported the moves showed that a day after arresting hundreds of people suspected of taking part in Sunday's riot in Brazil's capital, Brasilia, the nation's top officials have now turned their focus to the political and business elites suspected of inspiring, organizing, or aiding the rioters. Brazilian Supreme Court Justice Alexandre de Moraes issued warrants for Anderson Torres, a Bolsonaro ally who served as ex-president's justice minister for 2021-2022 before reprising his previous position as security chief of the federal district, a small province that includes Brasilia. Uh, sort of like, uh, I guess, what, the, the, uh, the uh, mayor of Washington, D.C., I don't know. On uh, January second, and uh, he he um, got his his uh, his position back on January second, and uh, also Federal uh, District Police Chief Fabio Augusto Vieira Morales wrote in his decision: Brazilian democracy will not be struck, much less destroyed by terrorist criminals. An arrest warrant has not yet been made for Bolsonaro himself, but the day ain't over yet. Okay, so Bolsonaro is still in Florida, like I said, with an A1 visa that has expired. Two days before Lula's inauguration, Bolsonaro fled to Florida with an A1 visa. That type of visa is reserved for heads of state. After January 1st, when the inauguration happened, Bolsonaro's A1 status was no longer valid as a visa because he's no longer a head of state. Normally, that's not a problem. Anyone whose visa has expired or changed for some reason is welcome to go to the embassy and change their status or file papers to change their status. They would have 30 days to do so. There's the problem. The embassy right now likely has a sealed arrest warrant that no one knows about. That's why they probably haven't uh, sent uh, uh, an arrest warrant for Bolsonaro. So, Bolsonaro is stuck between a rock and a hard place. He uh, can let his 30 days uh, run out where he will be deported forcefully. To Brazil, he can uh, uh, ask that the United States protect him, which it's doubtful they will do that. Or he can go to uh, the embassy and re- request a change in his visa and get arrested. So we shall see what will happen. And uh, so this is what's happening with the papers. Joe Biden is getting ahead of the game and checking every location to make sure he isn't like Trump. He could have retrieved the documents and returned them without anyone knowing anything, or he could have taken them into the White House and started looking at them and seeing what they are. But he's above board on it all. I, you know what? That's really important. Someone like Trump would have tried to cover it up, like he has in the past. But Biden is like, no, 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 no. Let's do this above board. Let's do 100% everything correctly. Uh, If anything is, and if any wrongdoing is done, I want to make sure it's not me. 
Anyway, but in doing so, Biden is not making it easy for any of us uh, to defend him. But still, and we'll get to that in a second. Biden's legal team has discovered additional documents containing classified markings in a second location. That location being the garage where his Corvette is. Okay, so probably what happened, he said, pack up some documents, put them in a box so I can put them in storage. And it was, he, he probably didn't even put them in the box. It was probably somebody else that just said, okay, I'll take these documents and put them in a pile and put them in a box. Anyway, the revelation comes days after an attorney for the president said Biden's lawyers had discovered a small number of classified documents at his former office space in Washington at the Penn Center. Uh, The revelation that additional classified documents were uncovered by Biden's attorneys came hours after White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre Uh, dodged questions about Biden's handling of classified information and the West Wing's management of the discovery. Uh, You know, I was watching Biden was talking this morning and after he finished speaking, there was some yelling in the press about about, uh, top secret documents and blah, 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 and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And they were screaming and yelling and screaming and yelling. Uh, One person asked, Biden's sharp. One person asked, how's your wife? He, and he explained that his wife is, she just had surgery this morning, uh, removing some uh, cancerous lesions um, on her skin. Uh, and he said, she's fine. She's doing everything. It's fine. And then he just walked out. Anyway, uh, he said, well, he didn't, he actually did repeat the same thing he, he did. He did recently that everybody did the right thing. Everybody turned them in and uh, were uh, uh, um, uh, doing everything that the Justice Department tells us to do. They're they're cooperating completely. Which can't be said for Donald Trump. He did the exact opposite, right? Anyway, uh, Jean-Pierre said uh, the White House was committed to handling the matter in the right way, pointing to uh, Biden's personal attorney's immediate notification of the National Archives, but she refused to say when Biden himself had been briefed, whether there were any more classified documents potentially located at uh, other unauthorized locations, and why the White House waited more than two months to reveal the discovering of the initial batch of documents, which were found November 2nd, days before the midterm elections. But we discussed all that yesterday, too. Jean-Pierre said, as my colleagues in the council have stated and said to all of you yesterday, this is an ongoing process under the review of the Department of Justice, so we're going to be limited on what we can say here. It's up to the Department of Justice, not Biden, to release the information. Uh, That's my statement. It's up to the Department of... uh, 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 Jean-Pierre didn't say that. I said that. Uh, Biden has said he was surprised to learn that there are any government records that were taken there to that office, but his lawyers did what they should have done when they immediately called the National Archives. The top Republican and Democrat on the House uh, Intelligence Committee has requested that the U.S. intelligence community conduct a damage assessment of potentially classified documents And you know what? So I I want you to do this. So think back to December 7th. Do you remember anything that happened on December 7th? Anything at all? Come on. Clock's ticking. Uh, Trump's lawyers were told to go out 
through any location Trump owns, and in a storage unit in West Palm Beach, they found two more classified documents. Highly classified documents, right? The lawyers immediately turned them over to the National Archives, and you and everyone else forgot about them. Because it was no big deal. They were in a storage unit. They found them. They returned them. I did that story. Nothing. It's. I even said it's not the same as what di- uh, Trump did at Mar-a-Lago. And nothing is going to be wrong with those two documents found at that storage unit in West Palm Beach. This is the same thing for Biden. There's nothing that's going to happen about it because it's not that important. People, uh, uh, classified documents get, get misplaced all the time. Anyway, they shouldn't. Absolutely, they, they should not. As soon as uh, a, uh, 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 a, a person reviewing them looks at them, they should be returned. But of course... Then you're getting it every morning, you're returning it every night, getting it every morning, returning it every night, and and you might be working late into the night. So this is what happens. This is how classified documents end up getting misplaced. Anyway. Uh, And Trump. It's still worse because Trump knowingly sought to hide classified documents from the Department of Justice. You're not, you're not supposed to do that. Absolutely. It's completely different. Still completely different. I don't, I don't care how many times they find stuff. Unless, unless they find classified documents at uh, Biden's office at the Russian embassy, which doesn't exist. That's just a joke. Nothing will happen. He's the goddamn president. Anyway. Uh, So in the last 60 years, has there been attacks on clinics and medical facilities that give women a choice on whether they will carry a fetus to full term? Hmm. Have people who have gone to get an abortion been attacked by others who want to force them to carry their fetus to term? The answer, of course, is yes. Buildings have burned. People have been murdered. All in an attempt to take away a woman's choice. So in those 50 or 60 years, has anyone who believed a woman should have a choice gone to a clinic in an attempt to force a person to have an abortion? Well, I mean, of course, there's Herschel Walker and men like him. But... I mean, has there been an organized effort to get women to abort? Do people gather in groups around clinics yelling, Abort now! Your baby doesn't deserve to live! Your vagina belongs to the people and we don't want it to be used for having babies! Ridiculous, right? Have you ever heard of anything like that? Yesterday, the Republican Party introduced one resolution to condemn acts of violence against crisis pregnancy centers and other facilities where pregnant people are pressured out of seeking abortion care but not abortion clinics where dozens of bombings acts of arson and assaults have taken place since 1977 
right? This is an attempt to flip the narrative to say that the right to lifers are the victims. Of course, in some cases, those in right-to-life states are victims because a girl could be forced to carry a fetus to term even if she wants an abortion. It's also a privacy issue because what a woman does with her body should not be dictated by anyone else just because she has a foreign growth in her body the size of a grain of rice. The GOP has fallen off the rails since the 1970s and now hates your privacy. There was a second Republican proposal yesterday that will also endanger medical providers and pregnant people across the U.S. The so-called Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act, which was first introduced in early uh, 2019, the proposal would threaten medical providers with up to five years in prison if they are accused of failing to try to save infants who continue to live outside the womb after an abortion that takes place later in pregnancy, which make up uh, roughly 1% of abortions in the U.S. and are often administered in cases involving fetal anomalies and endangerment of the uh, pregnant patient's life. Anyway, when the bill was first introduced on the House floor in 2019, Robin uh, Marty, author of the new handbook for a post-Roe America, wrote that Republicans... Rhetoric regarding the proposal made it seem like, seem, quote, like the most serious threat facing the nation is a rampage of violent and unethical medical professionals pressuring pregnant people into post-viability abortions, mismanaging the process, and then murdering those now-delivered infants with the express permission of the new parents. Which is pretty insane, right? Uh, The Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act isn't just an unnecessary and burdensome answer to a fictitious scenario that has no bearing in the way abortion has been provided for the last three decades. Uh, She added, it's a political tool meant to keep the Republican Party in power after the 2020 elections. Remember? Remember, I told you. I told you, if they overturn Roe v. Wade, they won't be able to hit their uh, uh, Republican members over the head with um, overturning abortion and getting them to the polls. They're going to have to make up some other reason. I told you that was going to happen. Years ago, uh, two years ago? Anyway. Yeah, like I said, flip the narrative, that's what they're doing, make people believe there is a problem where there isn't one, and take away a woman's right while you're at it. It's sickening what has become of the Republican Party. Uh, So, new governor of Arkansas, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, uh, you know, she, uh, um, a daughter of Mike Huckabee, or, or, or daughter-in-law of Mike Huck- Huckabee. What was it? Anyway, 
uh, no, a daughter of Mike Huckabee, I think, right? In one of her first acts as governor of Arkansas banned the use of the word Latinx in state documents. The executive order was one of seven signed by Sanders in her uh, order banning the word Latinx, uh, or Latinx, if you want. Uh, Sanders claimed to target ethnically insensitive and pejorative language. They always claim to do it for people's benefit, even if it's done to diminish them, right? Oh, we're, do- we're doing it for you. Anyway, the order said one can no more easily remove gender from Spanish and other Romance languages than one can remove vowels and verbs from English. Though, not a good comparison, really, if, if you're a, a grammaticist. Um, though true that Latinx is more popular in California and most don't use the term, it should probably still be allowed to be used. Of course, what do you expect from a person who admitted to lying to the FBI to protect Trump, right? Uh, within 60 days of the order, all state offices, departments, and agencies will be expected to have revised all existing written materials by replacing the terms Latinx, Latinx S, with his, uh, uh, and, and those same uh, forms with uh, uh, small and, and big, you know, capital letters. Uh, or replace it with Hispanic, Hispanics, Latino, Latinos, Latina, or Latinas. Latinx was supposed to replace Latina and Latino or Hispanic uh, uh, as a non-gender designation. Uh, which I, I'm guessing her hatred for non-binary people may also be a good reason for her to remove it. I don't know. But that's what's going on there. Let's get some coffee here. So, if you've listened to me, you know I call out Democrats. And one that I've been calling out literally for decades... Will we finally be rid of Dianne Feinstein here in California? I've been screaming to get rid of Feinstein since the 90s. I've been screaming to get rid of Feinstein since before I moved to California. A blue dog Democrat has no place in the blue state of California. Katie Porter announced a few days ago that she has an interest in running. I tweeted to her. I said, hey, I support you for Senate. There has been some suggestion that Adam Schiff could run. And he would probably win. Uh, uh, I don't know. There's going to be a lot of money against him running. Feinstein has said she is not retiring from her two last years and has not announced if she would run again. Run again? She'll be 90 in June. They, there's already concern that she's losing her mind. She's got to go. She's already the oldest member in all of Congress right now. So far as I know, uh, Representative Ralph Hall of Texas is the oldest person to have served in the House. Hall retired in 2015 at the age of 91. By the end of her term, Diane Feinstein will be the fourth oldest member of the Senate of all time uh, to serve in the Senate. 
So yesterday. Oh, and of course, Strom Thurmond served when he was 100 years old as senator. Uh, So yesterday, progressive Democratic uh, Representative Barbara Lee of California told lawmakers during a closed-door meeting of the uh, Congressional Black Caucus that she intends to run for Senate. That's awesome. I I, I support her, too. Uh, Both, I, I will support Barbara Lee and, uh, uh, of course, um, Katie Porter, before I would support uh, Adam Schiff. Both of them, I would. I, I like female lawmakers better anyway. Uh, and, and, and plus, Katie Porter has gr- is great with charts. We, she's great at show and tell. She's the best at show and tell. Um, uh, but uh, also, Barbara Lee, I think she's a good choice. If you remember, Barbara Lee was the only federal lawmaker who voted against the invasion of Afghanistan in 2001. She was the only person. Anyway. Uh, Let's move on to that other problem. The Republicans still have a big, huge problem called George Santos. Yesterday, Santos told reporters he has no intention of stepping down from public office after several Republican officials in his home state of New York demanded his resignation over his record of deceit, lies, and fabrication. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. A Nassau County Republican Committee Chair Joseph G. Cairo Jr. said, He's disgraced the House of Representatives, and we do not consider him one of our Congress people. Today, on behalf of the Nassau County Republican Committee, I am calling for his immediate resignation. Now, it's more than state legislatures, uh, as far as Republicans. At least four House Republicans from New York. I mean, of course, Democrats have always been saying, you got to step down, dude. You're a liar. You're a lying liar who lies. Anyway, at least four House Republicans from New York also said Santos should step down. Freshman Representative Nick Langworthy uh, from New York, who was just sworn into Congress, said it's clear that he cannot be an effective representative and it would be in the best interest of the taxpayers to have new leadership. I, I think he meant representation. Um, I will continue working with our local uh, elected officials to ensure the trust and dignity are restored to this third congressional district, which is uh, the Santos district. Uh, Representative Anthony Desposito, a first-term Republican whose district borders Santos, joined the Cairo News Conference virtually and said, at this point, I don't think George Santos can move forward as a member of Congress. Uh, GOP Representative Brandon Williams of New York said in a statement, as more revelations become public, I concur with the Nassau Republicans' decision to request George Santos' resignation. Uh, The constituents in New York 3 elected Representative Santos in part due to his biographical exaggerations and apparent deceptions. He must resign. And in an interview with Axios, Representative Nick LaLota, Republican from New York, said he thought Santos should resign. Of course, if Santos resigns, there will be a special election, and it is doubtful, 
a Republican would win that seat, which means McCarthy would have an even thinner margin. That's why McCarthy is saying that Santos should stay, claiming it's because it would take away the rights of the people that elected him. The people also had the right to know who they were electing. Let's not forget the Brazil thing. And I'm sure we'll hear more about that in the next few days. Anyway, McCarthy, when he was responding, didn't acknowledge the lies that played into the election. So there's that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Relatively average length uh, podcast today. Only, uh, what is that, 34 minutes? Uh, Not so bad. Uh, hope you guys had a, a, a great week. Things are going to get better. Uh, my, my throat, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sound better maybe tomorrow, maybe Monday, for sure. For sure by Monday. Everything should be just fine. Um, anyway, that's it. Thanks for listening. Thursday, January 12, 2023. Thursday, January 12, 2023. I truly appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, bring someone with you if you can today or tomorrow. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Tweet to me questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. Maybe you want to send me a story. Maybe you want to say hi. Uh, Tweet to me something, whatever you want. That's cool. And remember, always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget that. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles.